Well, I started a series last week picking up on uh, the ministry of Pastor Harbaum during the uh, four services that we had there where he talked about the place called in the spirit. And I want us to understand this because a lot of Christians believe they walk in the spirit, but it's just going back to what I said just a few minutes ago. It's really more a form of godliness. It's Christian speak. And uh, we all have a Christian speak that we talk about. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and we'll talk about the goodness of Christ, but then we'll grumble and complain when we go through something difficult. Yeah. Okay, we forgot about the goodness of Christ. Yeah. It's not a reality. This is what happens with the, uh, the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Man, they were hooping and hollering. Uh, you know, when, when the Dead Sea opened and the, uh, the armies of uh, Egypt were destroyed, they, they shout and dance for, what was it, three days? And then complain because they didn't have water. Would you bring us out here to die? People have been people ever since people have been people. Right. We all do this. And we've, we've got to watch it. So I, I'm talking about this place called in the spirit. It's a place. It's a location. Uh, a lot of people, when they pray, don't really understand that there's a place that we can pray from a position of authority. So their, their prayer sounds more like a, a distress signal than a victorious command. That, that's a place, a position within prayer. And uh, uh, when we feel over our heads, now, now there's elements where we, we can cry out to God, we need help, we need encourage. Uh, David needed encourage when all the, his army turned against him. It said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. There's places where we do that, but most people are more familiar with the prayer of petition than they are a prayer that's designated from a place of victory, that we have authority over things. In fact, most people, when they get sickness in their body, they will divert to a prayer of petition, God heal me, instead of to a position of authority, by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah. There's, there's two ways we can approach this. Uh, many times that, that when we have a financial crunch come into our life, people will turn to the prayer petition, God, I need a breakthrough, give me some money, instead of a, a prayer from a position of authority that I have all sufficiency in all things that I may abound to every good work. And, uh, and, and so that, that mindset of where we're at is going to play a huge part in this place called in the spirit. Now, I'm not going to preach on it today, but this really is going to deal with our identity. More people identify with, just pick the shirts that they wear. You know, NASCAR, football team, baseball team. You know, they got flags on their side of their, their car for Raiders. I see that every once in a while, you know. Some people identify more with natural elements than having a, an identity of in Christ. I remember one time we were, it was after a service, and uh, several people that, that were involved in the service, were, it was back when Lions was uh, a restaurant here in town, so that kind of dates how long ago this was. And we were talking about what had happened in the spirit. And there's one guy, man, he was, he was bored stiff. You could tell, sitting there. Well, we were talking about what happened in the service uh, that, that morning or night, whatever it was. And then the, after a course of time, the conversation moved over to NASCAR. Oh, he woke up quick. He was engaged. See, we all have an identity. What do we identify as? If you were to ask people, just on a general scope, uh, what's your identity? Most people would answer their job, 
well, I'm an accountant, I'm a doctor, I'm a, you know, do this. Their ethnicity, uh, you know, what, what ethnicity they come out of, or something else kind of like that. Uh, very few people identify or see their identity as one in Christ. We, we, we can say things like, our Father has everything. But do you re really believe that you have access to the everything, inheritance in Christ, the access to everything because of your identity? See, you, you take the story of the faithful father. Most people call it the prodigal son. And when the, the prodigal came home and the father threw a party for him, the other son got mad. And the father said, all this was available to you all the time. You could have had a party anytime you wanted to. But see, his identity was not correct. We, we've got it. There's a place called in the spirit. And if you're not in that place, this is going to get deep. You might want to write this down. You're not in the spirit. Now, I didn't say you were not born again. I did not say that you were wrong or anything like that. I said you're not in the spirit. There's a place where this works. And we've got to understand this place because there's pressures trying to pull us out of this place all the time. Yes. We get in church and we say, like, yeah, I got to do that. Man, I got to walk in there. Yeah, I got to do that. And then we go outside and somebody says something stupid to us. And, you know, we're, you know, we just step out of it and get back in the flesh. Go to a restaurant or something for lunch. And they're, they're taking their sweet little time getting the food to you. Man, we've been sitting here an hour. Don't they know our time's valuable too? <laughs> well, I'll get them. I won't leave a tip. So we get back in the flesh. Does it if you're going to be in the spirit, does it really matter what is happening in the natural to you? It shouldn't. Because in the spirit, we have power over all things. Now, do you have a mindset that has a mindset that has power over all things? Now, a lot of Christians say, yes, hallelujah, we got power over all things. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in me. Well, why can't you beat what is facing you? Why do you always have to talk about the problem? Why are you laying awake at night meditating on what might happen if you understand the place of in the spirit? The primary, the primary determining factor of whether we're in the spirit or out of the spirit is not how full of the spirit you are. It's how you think. Because you can be full of the spirit, but the spirit can never get past your, your thinking. So, well, Pastor, you got a verse on that? Yeah, the Spirit of God was present to heal, but he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. What was their unbelief? Well, isn't this guy a carpenter, man? Didn't, didn't he make these things? Isn't this, don't we know his family members? So they were believers because if they were not believers, they wouldn't have shown up to listen to him. All right, so I, I've started. So last week we started out in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's, let's go back there to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And there's a reason why. It's important for us to understand this. Yes. Thank you. One's excited about the word. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. Amen. This know also. You have to know this. You've got to know this. We can't be ostriches sticking our head in the sand. You've got to know this. This know also. Perilous times shall come. We know we're living in the last days, in the time of perilous times. 
Now, this word perilous from the original Greek means violent, dangerous, and hard. It's getting hard. There's a lot of things we're having to fight. There's a lot of things moving around. Inflation is eroding eroding people's income. Uh, Sickness and disease, people are fighting it on many levels. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Difficult times, violent times. We're seeing violence move up. What was the other thing I said? Violent, dangerous, and hard. It's just getting hard. Now, if you take this over, this says in the last days, men's hearts shall fail them. Why, why will people's hearts fail them? Because of the hardness of the day. When you're going through something hard, do you notice how difficult it is to keep yourself encouraged? As the, as the hardness, as the problem keeps beating against you, it will wear you down. Now, here's, there's an interesting thing here in verse 2. The very next thing he says is, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, this is a very powerful verse because there's a driving force within us that wants it our way. That's an inward, selfish focused. This is, you know, people have been people ever since people have been people. This is a people thing. If you, as you study the Word of God, it's not about you. It's about how God can use you to do something. Yes. Okay? But we lose sight of that because we have this mentality, and it's actually a phrase in America, of what's in it for me. Well, what's in it for you is far greater than you can ever imagine because God says, take no thought for today because I'll take care of everything that you need. So if you really see the the element of the Bible in its proper perspective is there's two arenas that are very important. How God is revealed through me. That's my position of authority. That's my place of in him. And how can I help you? Notice there was no me in that. But there's going to be hard things that come in this last day that's going to beat us. And it's going to challenge our what's in it for me. What do I get out of this? But I want. Goes back to that song. Great song to end on. I will make room for you. This is my surrender. God, I'm I'm willing to lay it all down to win you because I'm going to have faith that in you, it's going to be greater than what I can do. Are you following me? Now, the problem with this uh, is that we have the spirit of God in flesh. Now, talk about two opposing forces. Our flesh doesn't glory God. But yet we've got all the power of God in us. And it creates a problem. I mean, if you really study it out, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the word that is used within that is that we are, a, we are the temple of the living God. So God wants His glory spread throughout all the earth. So if it's in a stationary temple, let's say, let's say this that we call our church and where we gather, if his glory is here, only those that are in here will see him. 
The church is the body of Christ. And we have to be seen out there. So now, are you, are you acting up God or are you acting up you when you're out there? Getting quiet. See, because out there, we, we, can put on a, we can put on a show for an hour, hour and a half in here. Make it all look good. Talk all spiritual. Read a verse or two. Encourage somebody to move on. But what happens when we walk out there? What happens when we walk into a restaurant? What happens whenever we get into the place of business? <coughs> do, your, do your fellow workers at your place of business know that you're even a Christian? And if they do, what does that mean to them? Does it just mean they go to church? So, so there becomes a real problem that we have all this power in flesh. Now, I gave the example the other day, last Sunday, when I started on this. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back up. And we have, uh, we have a toaster and we have a plug in the wall. As long as I carry around the toaster, I can take this toaster anywhere, right? But it will never toast a piece of bread until it gets connected to the power. Now, now there, there's power in a plug. All I got to do is walk over to some wall. They're all over the place. Walk over to some wall, plug it in. Now the toaster is connected to the power source. What is the connector? That cord between the power and the toaster. That cord is the conduit that is taking the power and giving the toaster the ability to toast. You're the toaster. God's the power. We've got to get, in order for God to use us to function as he's designed for us to function, we've got to connect to the power source. That's the cord on the, the toaster. Without the cord, it's useless. If you pull the, the cord out of the toaster, you can have the toaster and you can stand right next to the power and it's totally useless. And you can sing a song about how you're a toaster and you're the prettiest toaster around. And you can toast everything that comes into your hand. You know? But you're just, you're just singing songs because you can't connect to the power. You've got to have the cord. So you're the toaster. The power is God. What is the cord? Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you're living according to your mind, your will, and your emotions, you're not going to connect to either one because everything is just about feelings and about what you think. So in order that that cord is designed, now I'm not an electrician, so don't, don't hold me accountable. I'm not trying to do a test here. But that cord has things inside of it, little wires. And it's got prongs over here. They all play a part. Because you can't just take anything and connect it to. It has to be designed right to connect it. So now think in the terms of what I said, that, that we've got the power of God inside of us. But it's in this toaster, this tent, this earthen vessel. And so the, the, the cord is my, my mind, the way I think. It has the power to connect me to the power or disconnect me from the power. And if I don't think the way God thinks, then I'm disconnected from the power. And so really, what, what many times that we're, we're, we're trying to do is to get God to shine on us so that we can live at a level and people can see it. But what he's saying is, you've got the flashlight inside of you. Yeah. 
everything for the glory of God to manifest through you is sitting inside of you. The problem is your mouth. The problem is your thinker. What you meditate on. So many times we have the wrong cord. We're, we're trying to, to get what is in us to come forth, but we're not connected to it. Because we can't think on the realm of what he thinks. So he's, he politely told us, you're stupid. I've quoted this many times in Isaiah 55. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are above your ways. Just as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. Now, you, you can look at this and praise God, he thinks I. But he just called you stupid or ignorant. You do not have the ability to think on my level. So just do what I said. I've broken it down to all you have to do is follow what I say. And if I will train this... To, to, to do what he says, to think the way he says, now I've got a connection from here to here. Am I making any sense? Okay, so when we're connected, there's a, there's a, a potential twofold happening in this. When I get connected to the power that's in, the, the power of God in me, people are going to see it. Now I can touch people who can't see because they're not hearing what you're saying because they can't hear. They've been blinded. They can't see it. But now if you can demonstrate it through life, can you give me an example of that? I can give you a good one. Psalms 91, throw a thousand fall at my right hand, 10,000 at my side. You shall not come near me. If you're still standing, 11,000 people just fell over dead. You're going to make people wonder. <laughs> if inflation's going up 10, 12, 14% a year and you're not struggling, People are going to wonder why. But if you get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tell everybody how hard life is, who wants your God? It amazes me how I see so many Christians that, that they get up there and they've got to give you a daily diary of what they're going through and, and not feeling good. Why? Well, if by his stripes I'm healed, I'm just on a journey going through to my healing. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. amen. <laughs> and then two, the second benefit, number one, is you're going to reveal God. Number two, you are going to live above it. Now, if you don't understand that, that's good for you. If you can live above the problems of this natural, you've got a better life. Yes. You've got a better life. God wants you and me to have a better life, but it's through the power. Now, let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And I'm going to hit on the, the first point. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believed not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You are the person, you are the one that God wants to use to shine in front of people who can't see. Say this with me. This, this is good for me. If you can live at this level, you're living a better life. 
that in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine. So, okay, well, what's Paul talking about? Let's go back to verse 3. If our gospel, the good news, be hid, it is hid from them that are lost. If you're sitting around listening to the Bible, hearing the good news of Christ, everything that God's promised to us, given to us, and everything like that, but you can't wrap your mind around these things and you don't live it out, you're not going to affect me because I know it works. You can die early if you want to. It's not going to affect me because I know the Word of God works. You can live your whole life broke. It's not going to affect me because I know the Word of God works. But see, if I will live what God has promised, those who can't see because their life is blinded will see it demonstrated on us and we will be able to make an impact into their life. Now, today, many in the church are still blinded. Because we've got a lot of doctrines going on out there that, you know, well, that doesn't apply to me because that's Old Testament. And, uh, well, great, because of grace, I can really do anything I want. And they're living a form of godliness. There's no power in their life. They're trying to figure out, how can I be right with God but not surrender? You know, get to my surrender. How come it's real quiet in here? Is that... <laughs> There's a lot of Christians like this. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. The power is going to change you. Well, I don't want to change. I just want God to bless me. Well, cool. Let me know how it goes. Well, you, you'll get a blessing here and there, and you know, every once because God's good and He's trying to get His goodness to us. But don't would it be better to live a life of power? That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, surely they shall gather, but not of me. So, do you want to be like the prophet, or like? The servant. Oh my goodness, the Syrian army is camped around us. So, there's more with us than there are with them. Yeah. See, how we see things from a position of who we are is what's going to determine how well we can get in this place called in the Spirit. Uh, don't get me wrong, this is not easy. Because he put his Spirit in this flesh, and this flesh is goofy. Now, Believing not. There's many things that... Um, there's many things that happen that we cannot see beyond the pressure of the, nat the natural. When we, when we have pressure from the natural, that's going to determine what we believe. What direction are we going to go from this? If we really understand the Word of God, and the Word of God is how we think... We, we analyze everything based on what God has said about it. Now we're walking in the Spirit because the Word of God is Spirit. Jesus even said it in Matthew, or, uh, yeah, I think Matthew uh, 6, 6, no, John 6, 63. My words are Spirit and they are life. So how well, and we all have a, a, a rating on this of how well we can walk in the Word of God when we come face to face with an opposing force. That's why I said that many Christians are still blinded because they've not come to the place. They may have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they have not come to the place where they can trust in Him and keep their mind on Him no matter what's going on on the outside. In order to walk this thing out and be rapture ready, you're going to have to be able to walk until the end, until He appears in the air. So... Um, Romans 12, 2 says, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transferred through the renewing of your mind, that you may prove 
What is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God? You and I have the responsibility to prove that the spirit in me, that the word in me, has the power to overcome all things. You shall be the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed going in and blessed coming out. All these things that the word of God has said of who I am and where I live, I've got a responsibility to prove that it works. So, so uh, uh, later on there, if you just read through uh, uh, chapter four here, you will find, yeah, there's, you know, um, in fact, let me just read verse eight because it's not coming up. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken. If you get down to verse 11, uh, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So we're constantly battling stuff that's coming against us. Part of it just from this fallen world, part of it from you have an adversary, the devil, who's going about seeking whom he may destroy. So we've got, we're presented with problems and opportunities to fail all day long, but we've been empowered to overcome all things. When we overcome all things, we overcome in the place called in the spirit. If we are not in the place of in the spirit where we overcome, then we're crying out for the compassion of Christ to come in and redo everything that he's done. Follow me. Amen. I like these verses. They charge me. Because I want to beat everything. It irritates me when something beats me. It happens. I don't walk perfect. I pe- preach a strong faith, but I, I battle things also. But it irritates me when I don't win. It irritates me when David shows up. You know, David shows up some days. It kind of dominates the day. That irritates me. The thing I get sad about is a lot of people, they show up and they're not bothered by it. <laughs> I want God to show up. I want to live in the Spirit. But there's a place in the spirit. Go to verse 7. Same chapter. But we have. I'm going to pull some Rick Renner here on you. Uh, his, his definitions of these words. And uh, the original Greek word translated we have is what we have in our possession. So Peter right here, he's got a Bible right there. He's got a pen right there, and he's got a bottle of water right there. He has it. It's in his possession. He doesn't have to sit there wanting uh, a Bible. He can moan and groan and complain about having a Bible, and anybody with half senses, there's one sitting on your lap, just use it. Well, no, but I need a Bible. (laughs) I, I just want a Bible. It's like there's one sitting on your lap. Use it. You don't understand me, what I'm going through. It's like... Yeah, you're goofed up. You got a Bible. And if he wants to make a note, he's got a pen right there. He could raise his hand and say, Pastor, uh, you got a pen I can use? I'd say, stop interrupting me. You got one right there. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, I need a pen. You got one right there. No, I need a pen. And my mouth is getting dry. Well, drink the water, ding dong. But you know, we Christians, we do that. I need delivered. I need delivered. Jesus saying, you are. Why don't you just do what I said? I need healed. I need healed. You are. Why don't you just get in me? 
I need money. I need money. You've got everything. You're my son, my daughter. Why don't you look at what you have instead of what you don't have? So he says to have. So he said, <coughs> but we have. It's in your possession. If you are born again, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there has been a deposit placed inside of you. You have everything you need to fulfill the call of God, the purpose of God in your life. You don't have to get anything else. You have to learn how to operate out of what he's given you. Because you have. You have. Now, if you think you don't have... Again, we go back to the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion. And it will hinder and stop what you have from working. You possess it. It's yours. You're not missing one thing. Now, something may not be manifesting because you haven't accessed it, but it's like my example with Peter. The only way he could say, I need a Bible, I need a Bible, is he's not possessing what he already has. And we Christians, we do this. So, so he says, but we have this treasure. Um, let me pull out my little notepad here. I think I wrote it down. Oh, no, I didn't write that down. But this treasure, maybe I wrote it down here. Oh, I did write it down in my, my post-it note. Okay, so, so before we get to this treasure, to have, this is the cord that I'm talking about. Between the toaster and the, uh, uh, and the power source. The power, the power is there. We have power in this building. There's power in that plug, plug right there. We could turn all the lights off. We could turn the fans off. We could turn the air conditioner off. And we could all sit around and pray for power. And God would say, just flip the switches. It's already there. No, I can't see it. I don't know it's there. Just go stick your finger in there. You'll, you'll find it. Don't do that, by the way. That's not like instructions of operation. So what is this, what is this treasure? Uh, I'm going to read what Rick Renner wrote. It, the, the word literally means a treasure chamber. A place. Now, in the context of what I'm talking about, that word place means something. Mm-hmm. The place of the Spirit. Where riches and fortunes are kept. Rick Renner says, Paul intentionally used this word. Every believer is a repository that contains treasures and riches beyond our imagination. On May 18, 2002, um, I was praying about some things and God showed me. Uh, I don't know what it was like, almost like a vision or something like that, because I remember I saw it. And, um, but I was conscious and everything like that. You know, I, it, it was just weird. And um, the only thing that I could, it reminded me of in description is like, it was, it was an old treasure chest, but it kind of reminded me, if you've ever been on Pirates of the Caribbean, you've seen those old treasure chests in there, they got cobwebs all over them. You walk up and dust would go all over the place and stuff like that. And that's what it looked like. And, and I was walking toward it, and, uh, uh, and I was noticing how dirty it was, how many cobwebs there were, how all this kind of stuff. And it opened up, and there was just brilliance of treasures in there. They, were, they had no cobwebs on them. They had no dust on it. They were just clean and brilliant. And the Lord spoke to me, is that my people have a deposit of great wealth in them, but they've allowed it to just sit and get corroded. As soon as you open it up, it will do the exact same thing that it was designed to do when it was initially deposited. We have to learn how to operate out of the deposit that has been placed within us. And so, uh, um, for we have this treasure. 
in an earthen vessel. Now that word in uh, is, uh, according to Rick Renner, it means baggage or container. Earthen vessels. Now the word earthen, no, I didn't want to deal with that one. In an earthen vessel. So, so you have a baggage, you have a container, this thing that we see. Inside of you is the, the, the place and the, where the power of God and everything he's deposited. Many Christians are trying to get into a place this way instead of into a place this way. The soul is the cord. If I'm born again, I have this deposit. It's in this baggage, this container. But if I can learn, remember uh, Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he said of the Spirit. We can live out of the power of the Spirit that comes out from us. So it's in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So the excellency of the power is the level that we live on will reveal the level of God, not us. So even though this power sits in this earthen vessel, that word the excellency, the word excellency means above and beyond what is normal or something that is exceeding or surpassing. You and I should live at a level that is exceeding or surpassing all of the natural realm because of what is in the spirit. And I've got to get this alignment, spirit, soul, in this earthen vessel, in alignment with God, that I do what he says. And he says, that is the place of in the spirit. How do I live out of what's in me? Now, this word power is the word dunamis, that the excellency of the power. This word dunamis, that's where we get our English word dynamite. And a lot of times we look at dunamis from an explosive force, miraculous power. But actually this word um, has a, a de- you know, further expanded um, uh, definition, power, ability, and is the same word to depict the assembled forces of an army whose combined strength enables them to push back enemies, take new territory, and achieve unrivaled victories. That's what's inside of you. You have an army inside of you. The power that's inside of you has the ability to take back territories that the enemy has stolen. Well, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. On on just your level, what has he stolen out of your life? You have the power inside of you to get it all back. Remember David under the Old Testament at Ziklag when he had to encourage himself in the Lord? God, if I go, will you go with me? Yes, go. He not only got everything back, but he got the spoils too. Now, he, had the, he was under the lesser covenant. We're under the greater covenant. So what kind of power do you and I have? But see, if we got a wrong identity, if we got a messed up thinker, we, even though we've got all the power to overcome, we might not walk in all the power to overcome. So the place in him, I'm only going to read one more verse, but the place in him is we've got to connect into what has already been deposited within us. It's not easy. Go to Ephesians 3.20. I've already quoted it, but let's just go. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. A lot of people stop on the verse right there, but the, the next part is critical. 
according to. See, there's, there's a you and me that comes into place according to the power that works within us. You and I have power inside of us. Man, if, if we understood the army inside of us, this is how one can put a thousand flight, two can put 10,000. We have an army inside of us. We have, we have the powerful force as a standing army inside of us. We've been given, according to Hebrews, angels, ministering spirits to go on our behalf. We have the ability to overcome all things. Now, don't confuse that with once you understand this, uh, that you'll never have a problem again. We read that in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We're, 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 you know, we got things coming at us from all sides. We've got to just be in the position of, I've got this. I can break through this. Do you realize that you and I all have the ability to change our lives 100% from where we're at today? And it doesn't have to take 46 years. But, but there's, there's the hardest roadblock to get over is the way we think. It's the hardest. It's, it's easy to get born again. If you're not born again, we can get that fixed in 15 seconds. If you really believe it. It's not that hard to get filled with the Spirit. You, you got some mind issues that will hold a lot of people back thinking it's weird or whatnot. But it's not that hard. What's hard is changing the way you think. Understanding the price that Jesus paid for you and I that we can walk in. He was the firstborn of many brethren that we can walk in exactly the same power and authority that he walked in. But I don't have an education. Praise God. Education is not a requirement. But I don't have any money. Praise God. Money's not a requirement. But I'm stupid. Praise God. Your intellectual factor, your IQ level is not a, is not a factor. It's your willingness. Let's stand. It's our willingness. This is my surrender. See, that, that's the hard part right there. Am I willing to lay down my traditions, my religion, all the rules and all the factors that, that kind of that hinder us? You know, on the natural side, not as a, a derogatory statement, just as an illustration, because Tammy and I are very different. Like on, I'm North Pole, she's South Pole. Uh, like, what's that? Oh, she said she's North and, and I'm South. Some of us have control issues too. And, um, but, um, but she's very, when she looks at things and plans things, and does things, other than the creative side, she's very creative in that, and I'm not creative. Uh, so she can look at things and design things and, and do things like that. But on, on a functional standpoint, she's an in-the-box thinker, like very much. And I have no boxes. I mean, I don't even know what a box is. I, when, when I approach something, it's like, how do I make this work? You know, people will tell me, well, you can't do that. Yeah, I can. Just because on page 63 of some book it says you can't do that, that has no factor on me. I can, I'll figure out a way to do it, and I'll figure out a way to make it happen. The more, uh, using that analogy of in the box, most people are in the box thinkers on life in general. 
on what can happen in my life. Well, well, you know, three generations back, our family was poor, so I'm destined to be poor. No, that's an in-the-box thought process. You don't have to be that. You, you, you can change everything. Well, my granddad died at 55. My dad died at 55, so I guess I'm going to die at 55. No, you can change that. See, with God, how many things are possible? Man, we know the scripture. But how come in life we don't think it's possible? We just got to find the way. The, the soul is the hardest thing. The mind, the will, and the emotion is the hardest thing to shift because we've built walls around the way that we think. And we've got to understand that God is not limited by our laws. He put His Spirit in us that we may move into the exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So now, how much is His power working in us? Well, somebody might look at the Spirit, but it's not in the Spirit, it's in the soul. Because you have the deposit. You've got His power uh, located inside of you. There's nothing missing in there. And so if we're going to find that place of in the Spirit, it's in a place that's not how we think. Because if you could think it, you'd be in there already. This is why it's blinded to those that, that are non-believers. Because if they, if they could just find it, if it was just easy, it would, it would make sense to them. This is why the Bible instructs us, stop leaning to your own understanding. Because we are prone to lean to our own understanding. Because how else are you going to function? I mean, are you going to do things you don't, you don't know? Like, oh, I think I could just walk through that wall and just start walking and boom, you know, and you, you knock yourself. No, you only do that a few times before. Well, maybe I ought to start leaning to my own understanding because walls kind of hibbit me. But, but we've been trained of the limitations in our life and we got to get into the spirit. And we got to get this aligned with God that we're walking in the realm of God in this place called in the spirit.